You ready, B? Just go get him. What up, what up, what up? We are back with another episode, and this one's going to be a heater, folks. It's Everett alongside Kyle. We're here for episode 34 of Between Two Posts, B2P. Um, Kyle, do you have the prep sheet with you? What What's this guy's name, the guest today? The you, guest today? Yeah, do you know this kid at all? I don't I don't have anything uh, on him. Never heard of him before. Yeah, I, I don't really know what to tell you. I think he went to, like, magic camp or something one year, or he, like, trained to be a magician and then didn't, didn't work out, so then he, like, tried to pursue hockey, I think. Oh, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, we'll we'll roll with this, but I get it's it's uh is 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 AI out? Seville? Yeah, something, um, something like that. Well, thanks for joining us, Isaiah. <laughs> um, it says here on your elite prospects. We're just gonna read the sheet, and you know, however long we can get this to go, we'll go. Um, born in September, born September twenty first, two thousand. Uh, happy almost early birthday. What are we? Like four or five oh, weeks away. A little over a month, yeah. Guess, guess I might have to come out and visit you for that little birthday. I have um, to bring it out. It wouldn't be a bad trip. Uh, you are a full right. Why? I'm just going to jump right in there. Why? Like, couldn't figure out how to catch, like, everybody else in the world or what? I'm left-handed. Oh, okay. I think that has something to do with it. Okay, cool, cool. How do you golf? Right-handed. Yeah, see? Okay, how do you bat? Right-handed. Okay, I don't see? know, man. <laughs> but I, write, I write with my left hand. When when you play hockey, when you're skating out and you go to shoot, what what hand are you shooting? Right. See see. No. Yeah, I'm all over the map. I'm all over yeah, the map. So. Um, when he when he signed his uh, NHL deal, though, he used his left hand. Left hand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you sign in a three letter league and you use the left hand, I guess I can't say nothing. Just kidding, folks. We are very, very excited here to have Isaiah Seville, the kid from Anchorage, Alaska, uh, unbelievable human being, signed to Vegas last uh, spring. In 2019, he was drafted in the fifth round, number 135 overall by the Vegas Golden Knights. Before that, he played in the great university of uh, Nebraska-Omaha for their hockey program for three years. He's still working on his education, folks. Isaiah, I'm very excited to have you. Um, Me too. Also, small side note: Isaiah is officially a part of the Vaughn team, and we're we couldn't be more happy. I could not be. I want people got to know that you and I are pretty tight. <laughs> I mean, they should by now. I mean, if you don't follow me on Instagram, because I'm a big deal, I deserve a blue check mark. We'll get into that <laughs> later. But uh, but yeah, I I I you know like if you follow me on social, you know like Isaiah knows who I am, so it's kind of <laughs> kind of sick. Not a big deal. Um, not a big deal. Isaiah, I gotta throw I gotta throw a fun fact at you, an obscure fact, and this is just 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 to get you going. Um, it's neither here nor there, and it's pretty a mute point, and it's probably pretty dry. But the founder and CEO of FedEx, Frederick W. Smith, saved his company by gambling in Las Vegas. In 1971, he took FedEx's last five thousand dollars, five thousand, the last amount of money, sum of money in the company, to Sin City. And turned it into twenty-seven thousand while gambling on blackjack. Went on a heater. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That was just enough for the company to stay in operation for another week. Now, you're you're on the other side of this. You're on the receiving side. For us on the shipping part, it's hilarious because COVID is one of the things that's played into FedEx and UPS's hand. No, 
we don't use UPS a ton, but I can tell you for a fact, FedEx, it doesn't matter if you next day air it, you two day air it, or whatever you want to do to overnight a package, they do not care. Things don't show up in two days and you paid $200 to get it there. <laughs> they're like, hey, when you call them, they're just like, well, it is what it is. Yeah, We're not going to give you a refund. It's not going to get there. You can scream at y'all, scream at me all you want. I'm not going to help you out. I'm in another country. And they just kind of tell you to pound sand. And uh, I, I think that's very, it's courageous that it came from $5,000 to them basically telling me to uh, kick rocks now on the yeah. phone. So good kick for rocks. FedEx. It'll get there when it gets there. Yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down to. It is impressive though, because to win, to take five and go to 27,000, could you imagine the rush he was on and just those oh. up and downs? Cause you know, he was down. He was probably yeah. down to a thousand bucks at one point. Oh, he had to have been down. And then you just climb your way back up. Doesn't work for everybody. No, especially me, considering the fact that every time I sit down at a blackjack table, I'll lose a couple hundred bucks in less than 10 minutes. So <laughs> how, my, how it usually goes. Yeah, that's uh, that's my life story. So, Isaiah, um, I do want to start just I kind of these last couple of episodes have been figuring it out again. But I want to start off from the beginning because there's some things I know. There's some things I don't know. There's things I want to clarify. <clears throat> but growing up, when did you get into goalie, I guess, full time? Uh, full time would have probably been when I was about seven or eight. I don't remember the exact season. It was like in mites. So I think I was like seven, eight, about to go into squirts or something like that. And then I kind of transitioned into being a goalie the whole time. Okay. Very cool. Cause what I'm understanding <clears throat> and the story that was always told to me when we had, I had been first introduced to you, you came to the well it was Warren Stralo's goalie camp at the time um but you grew up playing double a hockey and then high school hockey but not just high school hockey <clears throat> excuse me won a state championship high school freshman hockey year, freshman as a year. freshman in varsity like what yeah good old Alaska state hockey what a blast I mean I know like Minnesota state hockey is like the high school yeah but we're tired of hearing about minnesota high school hockey it's the greatest we get it more on the last frontier alaska state hockey it's so much fun it's it's a blast like i so i played double a pretty much i think i played one year of triple a if i even did that but for the rest of it until i moved to colorado i played double a so i played my freshman year high school uh, West Anchorage High, uh, powerhouse, best high school in Anchorage uh, for any sport. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's Alaska's a hockey state for sure, too. So we got a ton of support. Um, state like high school hockey in Alaska isn't bad. Like it's a lot of fun. You get to obviously play in front of like your school and stuff. It's like a definitely not an upscale of like what Minnesota high school hockey is, but it's definitely a good like miniature version of what it would be yeah so it, people show up you pack yeah. the stands everyone's got you know seville signs and they're going nuts yeah. in the crowd for <laughs> this little like 14 15 year old freshman that's just leading yeah. them through through playoffs pretty sick a fun time it's it was that's definitely one of my highlights of like my career personally like being able to play high school hockey in my hometown and like with all my buddies that i grew up with because we, for the most part, um, you go to like a couple schools. If you play hockey, you go to a couple schools yeah. pretty much. And those are like the main powerhouse schools. There's probably like three in Anchorage. 
and so I had all my best friends uh, who I grew up with. We were kind of split up into thirds almost, but I had a majority of my best friends on, that I went to high school with. So it was a lot of fun. So when you went to the ship game, were you playing guys you knew? Uh, kind of. We, we played a team from Eagle River, um, which is like 30 minutes north of Anchorage. Like I knew guys on the team, but I wasn't like buddy buddies with them. Mm-hmm. We played in our conference tournament. We played all my like best friends. So when you're playing your best buddies, were you like, you giving it to them? You chirping a lot or what? I'm not a big chirper, you know? Uh, so I, I just kind of dialed in. Yeah. Like I had a, we were pretty damn good. Like we <laughs> kind of knew that we were going to at least go to state. Cause there's kind of different ways you can go to state. I think you can like get a bid in a state or you have to win your conference tournament. We didn't win our conference tournament if my memory serves me correctly. Um, but that doesn't matter. We want to, we want to ring a state championship, Alaska ring. That's incredible. <laughs> I, where, where's the ship play? Like you, you play out of uh, one of the big pro rings or, uh, or I guess it was just that coast team. So. Out of uh, the big rink in Wasilla, which is 45 minutes North ish. Um, that's where it's, I don't know if it's hosted there every year, but it's like the best. It's a big sports center. They got like a soccer turf and all that stuff. And it holds a lot of people. So that's where, where it was at least my year. I think it is most years. Okay, cool. Um, now some, you know, I don't want to keep bringing this up, but something we've talked about because I've known you for a long time. We're, you know, we're tight. It's whatever. Yeah. No, it's chill. Um, growing up in Alaska, like you make it sound sweet. Like you love going back for summers, riding four wheelers, getting out, doing a little bit of exploring outdoor stuff. Uh, what was it like growing up in Alaska? One, tell us about the summer and like how sweet that is. But two, like, did you, were you ever ripping snowmobiles? Like, class and stuff back when you were in like you know as a kid <laughs> no no like uh winters are are pretty not not really fun yeah Awful. It's, uh, it's not like it's still gorgeous like if you're an outdoorsy person alaska is the best place to live all year round and like if you like to snowboard and snow machine and and do like crazy stuff and uh not what's like a, do, what's snow motion snow machine like a snowmobile you know like you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what I'm talking about? Or am I, going- I know. I know what you're talking about. I just wanted to call you out for calling it snow machine. That's what that's what you call it up in Alaska. You guys you guys want to take a rip on the snow machine? That's at least what I call it. I don't know what everyone else calls it. <laughs> it's a snowmobile, baby. Snow, snow machine could be the thing that makes the snow. It could be like the thing that plows the snow. It could be the thing that on trails it turns the snow. Snow machine. It's a it's a machine made for snow. That's all. Um, okay. What, whatever, Mr. Perfect over here. <laughs> um, yeah, like I grew up snowboarding. Um, my uncles loved to snowboard, so I'd go with him when I first started. Uh, there's a nice resort about 45 minutes south of, of my hometown, and we would go there quite a bit. Um, outdoor rinks, uh, skating on ponds, lakes, like it's a lot of fun. That's kind of what consumed me for the most part of, of winter, which was – it's kind of tough in the winter because you go to school and it's dark and then you come out of school and it's dark. So growing up there is, is pretty hard to kind of get a, get a, I wouldn't say be happy, but like be able to like enjoy sunlight and be able to go out and do stuff other than hockey or like snow sports. So, I mean, I have heard though, like kids that go up to Alaska that are from like, I don't know what you call it. Like, down country or whatever but like you're the continental u.s you go up to alaska they're ripping like vitamin d pills they got uv lights yeah. in the locker room you're trying to like just give yourself like false sense of sun huh 
Oh, no, yeah, for sure. And I don't know if this is like statistically correct, but I know there's a there's a good, uh, a higher rate, not a good rate, a higher rate of like depression and stuff mm-hmm. like that up there during the winter, especially just because you don't get those necessary, uh, that necessary kind of sun exposure and, and light and like the happy feeling of like summer or the sun. So um, it's not like too awful if you've grown up there. It's, you get pretty used to it, but it's definitely uh, obviously the flip side of summer where there's probably no better place in the world than in Alaska in the summer. It's uh, depend again, got to be an outdoorsy person because the sunlight is there all the time. So yeah. if you don't like to be outside and in the sun, it's a little bit different. You might not like it as much. Maybe you like the winter more up in Alaska, which would be kind of psychotic, but just living in the dark all the time. Yeah, exactly. So, but I mean, summertime is the best hiking um sand volleyball going just walking around going on long bike rides a big thing for me when I was growing up uh I lived or I live my my parents still live I'll say is uh South Anchorage so and that's where the majority of my buddies live and so uh the nice thing about Anchorage is it's not a big city and uh so what we would do obviously we weren't old enough to drive is we all had bikes so we would rip around town on our bikes every single day. Uh, it was me or my buddy, me, and then my other buddy, I was right in the middle. So he would come down to me then him and I would bike over to our other guy's house. So it was pretty much every day and go play baseball, go play street hockey, all that kind of stuff. And so it was a lot of fun kind of growing up there at a younger age, being able to do all that fun stuff and not really having to rely on oh, I need my parents to, on their lunch break, come take me here real quick so I can stay there the rest of the day or something like that. So it was nice to be able to uh, just use a bike and go pretty much wherever you want in in Anchorage. Well, that's cool too, though, because uh, like growing up, I mean, I don't see it anymore in neighborhoods. Not that I want to talk like an old dad here, but uh, like when we grew up, like there weren't gangs, but like you had your bike gang, like you had like your 10 buddies, you'd all go meet up. And you didn't have like cell phones back then. You'd ride over, knock on the door. They come outside. You go get the next guy. You knock on the door. They yeah. come outside. And then we're rolling. You're going to 7-Eleven. You're going to see somebody else. You're going to like go jump in somebody's pool. You're going to do just, you know, stuff that kids do. Play street hockey. Go play sports. Whatever. Roll around. Try and like talk to girls. Like, you yeah, know, exactly. just stuff you did as a kid. Like, it's a lot of fun. And you look back at that. And it's like, man, I can't believe like the best times were happening and then all you thought about was growing up man i can't wait to get a car it's gonna be yeah, sick and then you get a job and, yeah <laughs> no driving play. is just awful but yeah i had like my best friend's home phone numbers remember like we all had our home yeah phone numbers, <laughs> so that we would always be able to hey i'm coming over in 15 see you soon he's like okay come to the garage <laughs> yeah 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 i mean that's how it was uh savvy did you play other sports growing up besides hockey yeah so i played uh i played baseball pretty competitively up until uh eighth grade ish okay. i think it was and then um i played basketball super recreational uh yeah. like elementary school middle school ish so those were kind of the only two sports that hockey and baseball were like my two uh main ones obviously summer and winter sports so um those were the two main ones that i at least can remember obviously like soccer when you're a little kid and your parents yeah. sign you up for it <laughs> Yeah, AYSO shows up. You go home with the slip. They stay. They tape you the front of your shirt and say, "Sign yeah. up. Sign your kid up for something." Exactly. Um, what? Uh, I mean, if you played baseball pretty competitively, what made you drop it? 
Um, I, it was getting to the point where I kind of uh, needed to kind of choose what direction I wanted to go um, as far as like a sports career and uh, which was definitely a really hard decision because I was a big baseball guy. I loved baseball. Um, my dad's a huge baseball guy. Um, so that kind of made the decision a little bit harder of like, what did I, I was getting to the age where I wanted to kind of focus on one and really try to do something with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I decided that uh, I was getting a little bit more exposure in, in hockey. And so I decided to kind of bite the bullet on, on, uh, on baseball and, and go full-time into hockey and really de- dedicate like my summers and my winters to that one sport rather than kind of flip-flopping. For sure. Um, I mean, shit, I got lucky then, I guess, because, man, if you would have been playing ball, who knows what would have yeah, happened. Yeah, exactly. If you, uh, if, you were to, if you were to play baseball, pro ball, what team would you want to get drafted by? Uh, I think the Rockies. Really? Yeah, I love Colorado. Colorado is yeah. one of my favorite uh, spots. I lived there for a year um, when I was 16, and then I just loved it there. I loved living in Denver. Um, I like how it's similar to Alaska where it has the changes in, in, um, seasons, like it has a winter, it has a summer, spring, fall. So I think it would probably be there for baseball. Sweet. Well, I wanted to segue right into Colorado, but I do want to ask before we go further, when you grew up in Alaska and you were playing like, you know, 14, 16, did you have a goalie coach? Were you working with somebody at that point or were you still figuring it out on your own? Yeah. Uh, growing up, I had a really great goalie coach legend, uh, Chris King. Uh, he, he was kind of my main goalie coach growing up for up until I want to say probably like 14 ish. And then, um, obviously a well-known, uh, goalie coach now, Steve Thompson, um, from Alaska. So he, I kind of transitioned into, into him as Chris King kind of, um, took a step back a little bit and, and he has a kid as well who plays hockey. So he kind of stepped into that role of, of being, being the hockey coach. dad and like, yeah, yeah how, like focusing more on him rather um, as he helped me a lot during my early um, times in hockey and then transitioned into Steve Thompson, who's um, a very, very good goalie coach as well. So I was very, very lucky to have two great guys there up in Alaska to be able to kind of, help me advance my game and, and take the right steps for sure. And Steve Thompson is a friend of the pod. Um, you had, uh, the riders too, at one point, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, during, uh, kind of the whole going through like top 40 development or top 40 camp uh, yeah. from DP and then obviously the stray low camps and stuff like that. Um, I was going to ask you about that and I don't, I don't know if it's fuck. It's probably not a sore subject anymore. Um, but you were invited to 40 man camp. You went through that whole process, which I I think a lot of people don't understand how, uh, quite selective that is and how many interviews there are with not just players, but friends, family, coaches, things like that. It's, it's quite an honor to, to get invited to 40 man and then, you know, make, make the U S uh, national team development program. But I do want to ask, there's, you know, people that I've met, there's goalies that we've known and blah, blah, that not get in the invite or, going there and getting cut when you walked away from that, because that is like a, it's a pretty detrimental time when you're like 16 is going into your 17s. And it's like, you know, if you get mentally, I think too hung up on not making that and not being there and that always being the focal point, does that inspire you? Is it harmful mentally? Is it, you know, like just weight on the shoulders, chip on the shoulder. What was your response when you unfortunately didn't make NTDP? 
Yeah, uh, I'm going to touch real quick on kind of the process real quick. Uh, okay. As you mentioned, it's like a, it's a pretty long. It's long. It's not. They don't. Set. They don't grab. They don't just send out invites and you show up to camp. They know who they're selecting before you even get selected for 40 minute yeah, camp exactly. based so on like, that process. We talked to like trainers, coaches, family members, all that stuff. And uh, Ryder actually came up to Alaska um, before the camp, and we, him and I, did a couple skates just so he could see me before. It was kind of official to really decide if it was if it would be worth it or not. And so, yeah, so it's definitely a long process and like a it's a fun process. I think um, I would never take uh, go like not going to that camp at all. I think it was such a great experience and obviously didn't didn't make uh, NTDP, which um, I didn't know was a dream of mine to like play on a national team and stuff like that. Um, but definitely being around that environment, I was very hopeful uh, of making the team. And obviously it didn't happen. But looking back on it, uh, even months after, it was uh, it was a blessing in disguise, I would say. I think um, there's a lot of things in life that you that don't happen or don't go your way and, and you can pout about it or, or kind of just kind of not think it's fair and I yeah. think life's not fair Be sour on it for a while Yeah, life's not fair and I think uh the, the family I grew up with uh or that I have I shouldn't say grew up with but the family that I have with these people that like I just happen to know some, these people that raised some acquaintances me, whatever, back from me yeah. yeah I was very privileged to to grow up with my family and and have such a positive outlook on life and be able to uh take things and that are could be negative and, and turn them into a real positive uh, and obviously right after that on the, on the flight home, I was pretty emotional, uh, not being able to do it. I had my dad with me, which was, uh, which was nice. And just not making it was definitely harder than I expected it would be. And, uh, had a lot of talks with my parents as, as I'm very open with them and very close with them, uh, fortunately, and taking that and turning it, turning it into a positive, going to the null, uh, being able to develop in a different way rather, um, than, uh, going to the development program and being able to kind of pave, pave my, a different path for myself. And I think though, too, when you talk about paving a path and we talk about development here and there, like me and Kyle really like to just kind of like learn about you guys as people, not really uh, be the hockey expert experts and talk about, well, Isaiah, what'd you see on like that two on one breakdown here? Like, how did you read that? Like, that's, you know, that's not us. Um, although, you know, Kyle's got uh, Kyle's got a couple laps in the NHL. Not a big deal. Not um, a big deal. <laughs> um, but like, in terms of goalie development, kind of where you came from, and and then where you're going, like to jump there, especially for goalies where we're always behind players in terms of fully harnessing our skill set, learning what we can and cannot do, um, development, and just getting better at the small details. It comes later than players. You look at like the OHL, you have to be a stud to go in at 16, 17 and grab minutes as a goalie. You have to be ready to go. So at the end of the day, obviously taking the route that you took kind of works because it allowed you to develop, but you weren't behind either. You went in as a true freshman. So, I mean, your process and the way you went through it is, is pretty cool. And then I'm trying to find it here, um, but I can't see you got drafted and in, going into the null after that, right? I no, I went into college after my draft year. No, no, no. Sorry, drafted by do? the magicians oh, by the after magicians. that because you yeah. went right after that. You were with um, you had one more AAA year, and then you ended up in uh, Minnesota with the Magi, right? 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was, it went top 40, then went to 16s in Colorado and then to the null. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean the Vietnam, man. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Who's your goalie partner there? Uh, George McVeigh. George. No way. Yeah. I always forget about that. George is a and, beauty. Uh, and Garrett. McKay. Yeah. Who's a Marine. Thank you for your service. Sure. John, John quick over there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I totally forgot George was there. Man, was that really that long ago? Because George, I've dealt with at you at uh, Huntsville, and he's in. Um, is it? It's Milwaukee School of Engineering. So yeah, he had some uh, brown. He had like all brown CCMs. Awful. That's what I remember. Bad style. <laughs> yeah, he was. I mean, all my goalie partners have been amazing. I've been really fortunate, but definitely some uh, characters. Yeah, there's just absolute beauties and good guys. Um, playing in the Nall, what was like? I mean, there's plenty of tough stories, but what's one of your uh, your funniest or toughest memories from being with the Magi? Um, I mean, we've had like bus issues. Obviously, that's that happens a lot in the Nall. No, that's but, a given. You're going. Um, you're going to the to the uh, the what's it called? The Nall showcase, and your bus is breaking down. If it's not, yeah. then you're not doing it, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, <laughs> like we we've had like Pizza Hut before games. Like we'll go and eat like the Pizza Hut pizza or pizza and like uh, pasta there. Um, it was like on a road trip, mandatory pizza after the game. Um, like looking back on it, I'm like, wow, that's yeah. like like compared to like what you have to do now to really like. Stay protect the body. the body and like be <laughs> as efficient as possible and stay at, a, at such a high high level it's it, it amazes me that we got through a whole season but it um yeah i mean banal's a fantastic league especially for goalies um it definitely i think it's a step that a lot of people should take just because it helps you want to have a different outlook on on not just hockey but life um as it's such a grind and you, you think like, Oh fuck this, like this sucks. But thinking about also like, you're so privileged to be able to be playing junior hockey, but, um, and then it makes you more grateful for when you move up and like moving to up to tri city and then playing college hockey and then now playing pro uh, in Las Vegas, you look back on it and you're like, wow, like I, 95% of the stuff I have now, weren't even close to what we had in the middle. So yeah. um, it definitely helps you kind of remember like where you came from, I think. And I think it's something a lot of people have a kind of a weird outlook on the null and stuff like that, but, and um, it's not the prettiest league at all, but it's definitely somewhere that if that's an option and one of your only options, I think it's definitely somewhere you have to take advantage of the opportunity. Well, and my thing that you kind of brought up was like, oh, yeah, this is tough when you're playing there. And like, oh, is this worth it? Like, I get a lot of kids that are like, oh, I don't know if I want to do junior hockey. The, the, the thing that I always say, and I say it a lot here anyways, is like w- when kids talk, I don't know why some kids reach out to me and they're like, Everett, I, you know, I don't know if I should keep playing hockey. And like, I'm not their goalie coach. They're just texting me like I do their gear <laughs> order. And they're like, they're playing somewhere else and I, I'll do their gear. And then they'll text me. And say, like, I just, I don't know if I should keep playing hockey. And I'm like, right now you're playing junior hockey. You're in the North American league. It's tier two, junior a, you're still getting eyes on you. It's not that nobody shows up. It's not that scouts and like uh, all your buddies on your team aren't getting committed. 
mm-hmm. people are showing up. NHL scouts are coming. If you have a couple kids that are on the list, um, like there's there's going to be eyes there. But you have a window in life where you can play hockey and you can play it competitively. But as soon as you walk away from that, there's no like getting back into hockey. Yeah, you don't turn, you don't quit playing junior at 18, and then at 20 you think, okay, like I'm gonna go back, I'm gonna play, try and play pro, or I'm gonna try and play college. There, like, that doesn't happen. No, it's not a sport to be able to do that. No, and you, but in life, there's no rush. There's no. no rush to like grow up. There's no rush to go to school. Like, yeah, you might have some childhood friends that you know aren't on the hockey track because they're just normal people, right? Mm-hmm. And they go to school on time, blah, blah. They're, you know, a junior and you're not even in, in class yet. And you're playing yeah. junior hockey, but you're still in a, in a great spot in your great league. And the other thing is about the knowledge. I don't think like everybody thinks when they're playing like 18 year triple A or 17 year triple A, they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to go play in the knowledge. It's not going to be a big deal. They don't realize, nobody realizes how tough it is to one, break in two be yeah. tough enough to survive and three, get through the season. Right. No, yeah. It's. It's so different. Uh, like I went into the Nall at, uh, I think, 16 or 17 uh, and mm-hmm. was definitely considered like a young guy and having like 20-year-olds next to me, like guys who are four or five years older than me, like sitting next to me and and they're like kind of living real life stuff. Like having, yeah. they're like, oh, and my car broke down at the apartment. Like uh, I'm like, dude, well, I don't know what that means. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I rode my bike to the rink today. Yeah, I don't know. I was like, what are you guys worried uh, yeah. about? And you definitely learn a lot of life lessons through them as well. And it's not an easy league. You can't just hop into hop into the null and be like, okay, like I'm here, like fun. It's more of a you got to bear down. You got to know what's going on. Um, you got to. It's like your first step into like understanding how to be a professional in my opinion i think you gotta take a little bit more responsibility you're not living with mommy and daddy anymore um or unless you're fortunate enough to get to do that you're playing in your hometown yeah. uh, but like it's uh it's a lot different than than um like playing triple a yeah yeah it's uh and it, it's when you get it's tough to get into that level of hockey junior a tier two like whether it's the null you show or the o like what people realize is there's just this funnel mm-hmm. and you're funneling out, you know, players that don't belong. You're going to get weeded out if you can't skate. And like, exactly. if you do get a sniff at going to a main camp and they want you there and it's a legitimate ask and it's not just like, Hey, come to main camp and throw us 20 bucks for your goalie, goalie yeah. skate. You know what I mean? Like when you get there, if you are a legitimate invite, like there's a privilege there and it's not yeah. just given to anybody. So no, for sure. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things. I do just want to go through. Sorry, a record record book guy here. Um, in your year in the Nall Nall Midwest goaltender of the year, uh, Nall All Midwest Division rookie team, uh, North American Hockey League All Midwest Division team, uh, North American Hockey League All Rookie second team, uh, North American Hockey League second All Star team. Couldn't make the first one. Don't know what happened. Couldn't make the first one. There's a couple seconds in there that I'm like, ah, oh, dang. um what was it like playing in richfield i I I don't think they you well you got chris in front of you who doesn't like to block shots either then so (laughs) yeah i mean the snake pit oh my gosh (laughs) that rink um not a ton of fans i think the most fans we had was like on star wars night um makes sense yeah it was six star wars jerseys but yeah 
like when you come, our locker room's over here, their locker room's over here. You walk like down our, a ramp or something and take a right. And these guys walk straight out and there's one hallway out to the ice. So you're standing there waiting until they're like, okay, come out. And you're just like looking at each other like, hey, like, how you doing? And then you all walk out together. And it's like, <laughs> sometimes it'll be like a straggler back here. We'll have to join the other team walking out onto the ice. Like it was it's kind of a gong show sometimes. But yeah, the, I mean, the rink was actually really nice. And the locker room setup was really nice, um, especially for a null setup. Yeah. Um, nice I mean, the, Richfield is like a sick rink. Like it's a small bowl. Everything's right on top. Yeah. Like if you can fill that, it would be a sick place to play. Oh, no, 100%. I think they folded though, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. They said Isaiah Seville, your banners are coming down. See you later. <laughs> no I more. Mean, that's just no. that's that's part of playing in the null. Like if you play in the null, your team folds at like within three yeah. years. Of being yeah, there. every time. <laughs> yeah, every time. <laughs> like it's it's part of the experience. I'll meet guys who are like three years out of the null, or, or like played three years before, and like they'll throw out a team name. I'm like, I'm. No Never clue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Anchorage got an all team this year. Yeah. But that, that couldn't have happened four years ago. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you look at it, it's sick. You got to leave and you didn't have to be at home. Right. No. Yeah. I, I, I think it would, uh, I would have loved to live at home, obviously just cause I'm a, I'm a mama's boy, but yeah, you scream mama's boy. I, I am a big mama's <laughs> boy. But I I like it would have been cool to play play there and stuff, but I'm also really, really happy I got to leave at at 15 years old. Yeah, I mean it is, I mean, because you walked in as a true freshman, so everything you got to do, you banged out on time, which is sweet. Yeah. Um you had a like okay year in the USHL the next year, right? Tri-City. It was fun. It was, it was okay. okay. I mean, you had Jake Barczewski, who's a beauty. Matt uh, Frax Fracassi out in <laughs> Dartmouth now. He's a beauty. Equipment manager. Um, unreal staff. Unreal rink. Although, what was living in Tri-City like? Uh, yeah. So, Tri-City, for those who don't know, is Kearney, Nebraska, um, which is about three, three and a half hours west of Omaha, Nebraska. So, you're in the boonies. You, it's a small, small town. And I had the best billet parents ever. Like, sweet yeah. house. They did. They, you have a question. They answered it. Hey, I need this food for this time. Boom. One of my, um, like, Thursday rituals, if we had, like, a Friday, Saturday game, would be my um, billet mom would make me a tray of uh, cinnamon rolls. I need a tray of cinnamon rolls every Thursday night. Um, man, body is a temple. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. But, um, like it was the best situation you could have asked for in a small town, especially. And it was actually not bad at all. Um, definitely wasn't a lot to do. Um, I, I'm not a super small town guy, but it's, uh, is it small? Like talk about it in relations to Anchorage. Like, cause I mean, I, I'd figure small. Anchorage is a little smaller, you know? Well, really 300,000 people. Oh, excuse me then. Yeah. What do I know? Come on, man. Just an idiot uh, from the Midwest. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the team we had made it a lot better. Um, in my opinion, obviously bias. I think that's well, – that has to be one of, one of the better USHL teams um, that's kind of rolled around. I think there was a lot of highly touted prospects and a lot of great players on that team. Um, 
not just player, but great people as well, and including the coaching staff and training staff, uh, Frax, uh, like everything together made it incredible. We had a, a lot of uh, responsibility in the town as we were the only thing that pretty much happened um, like the whole winter. So you, you kind of had eyes on you the whole time, but it also brought, brought a lot of benefits um, um, as far as like being able to be recognized at restaurants and stuff like that. So it was a lot of fun living there. It was a little bit difficult uh, just because not a ton to do, but the people in Kearney are amazing. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. What, uh, I mean, compared to Richfield, it's a little bit different, obviously small town. Would you like better like living situation was Richfield? having Minnesota there and like, you're not far from the twin cities a little bit more fun or. Um, I, I don't, I don't really know. Like both, both my billet parents, my null year and my USHL year couldn't have asked for better billet parents. Couldn't have asked for a better billet family house situation and all that. Um, I think obviously having the twin cities right there made it a little, you were able to do more. Than, than like being in Kearney. Although I was like 16, I didn't really, I couldn't like go out and like do- You were playing video games every day. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm a big video game guy. And um, I don't know if you guys know Kyler Grundy, uh, but he was my, we, him and I shared a room uh, in, uh, we lived in YZ. Okay. And we shared a room and it was strictly Xbox all day, pretty much. Home, home from school straight to xbox straight to the rink straight back to xbox <laughs> never put the sticks down what what do you guys play like call of duty or you, you child that guy was, obviously that was when Fortnite got hot oh no <laughs> oh, we were hot on Fortnite, and i was like this game looks so dumb like i don't want to play and he's like uh dude like let's play it and then he was like, this game's so dumb. And I was like, no, like, I like it. Let's play it. So <laughs> we, and then we eventually just agreed it was great. And we played it for a while. Um, yeah. I mean, OG Fortnite, like they, I keep seeing that clip on like TikTok and stuff. I don't know if you've ever seen it where the two guys, they're like, oh, like, let's go to the house. And they run inside the house and they're hiding. Yeah. Like, yeah, as oh, yeah the yeah. map's closing. Like that's a famous Fortnite clip. And that oh, yeah. was when it was sweet. And then, like, you had to start building and it was just like, all right, well, I think I've aged myself out of this yeah, game. I got, uh. I'm a, I'm a kind of a nerd on the whole Xbox thing. I have uh, like a, do you know what a scuff controller is? No. <laughs> hold, on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to give myself a little shout out for being a nerd. So I have like this controller that has like the paddles on the back and stuff. Oh, like you're that. big time, so buddy. I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big nerd. It has like the, you can take this off and like put different joysticks on it. I'm a nerd. I'm a big oh, nerd. You're a big, big time gamer guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I will rip through it real quick. Uh, USA Hockey Junior Goalie of the Year, Dave Peterson Award. USHL All-Rookie Team. USHL Best Goals Against 1.9, less than two, sick. Uh, USHL First All-Star Team, sick. USHL Goalie of the Year, sick. Oh, wow. And in that year, you had the World Junior A Challenge, which you brought home a what medal? A gold medal. Yeah, sick, huh? It was, that was a blast. That was your first like international uh, showing, right? It was my third. Oh, third. Oh, because you had five. Um, five nations in Holinka. Yeah, totally forgot about those younger ones. Excuse me. What do I know? <laughs> um, I mean, moving on. Uh, you end up at UNO Mavs. Pretty sick program. What uh, What was the decision like when you were trying to commit to there? 
Uh, yeah, I committed pretty early. I was, I think, 16 yeah. uh, when I committed there. And um, the decision uh, was kind of impulsive. It was... Uh, first school I, that asked? <laughs> like, it was like the first school that was really serious. Okay. Um, and I really, really loved it. I was like, oh my gosh, they want me so bad. Like I didn't, I wasn't quite sure what I was going to like. If I had goals set out from like when I was younger, like, okay, I want to play. My number one goal was to play division one college hockey growing up watching the, uh, the sea wolves. Like I, all I wanted to do was play division one college hockey. Didn't work out from there. Whatever. Like I wanted to commit to play division one college hockey. So then I was super kind of crazy. I was like, oh my gosh, a division one program really wants me. They sound serious. Um, so I committed there, uh, went on a few visits there, really loved it, obviously, as it's in your background, state-of-the-art facilities. It is an incredible place to play. Now that I've been there, it's one of my favorite places in the world. Like Omaha, Nebraska uh, has a special place in my heart, being there for three years. Um, it was, I wouldn't take back a single moment of being there. Uh, I mean, one of the highlights besides the hockey, you got to do a little like bull riding, a little horseback riding, you turn it into oh, a yeah, cowboy there. You had some year. Yeah, cowboy action. Year. We got to, we got to do a, we did like a community service thing, um, with children. It was like a rodeo or something or before rodeo. Uh, and everyone was like, oh, Isaiah, get on the horse. And I was like, I don't really mess with that. Like, I don't, I don't horses know. Are scary. Horses are kind of weird. Like, they can just randomly do something. So I got on one and it was a blast. And I was like, acting like I was cowboy and stuff. And the media got like a picture of it. And then we used that, or I guess like some Omaha hockey accounts used that as it was a victory Seville on a horse. So every time we got a win, it was posted on Twitter. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> That was cool for a little freshman to to see that after the wins. Yeah, I'm uh I'm not a huge horse guy. Like not trusting big animals. They like they rear up, they hoof you right in the chest. Yeah. You're you're probably gonna like if you they feel a little you. heart pain. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so they step on you, you're dead. <laughs> yeah. That's why yeah. I was like, yo, I don't know, man. Um, yeah, getting trampled by horse isn't sweet, a little red dead redemption style. Love um it. you went in as a true freshman and you played twenty eight games. Was that expected? Were you going to be the guy right away? Uh, that's what was uh, talked about beforehand. Okay. Um, just because as, as it got to be um, closer to when I was going to come in, um, we emphasized kind of that I would like to come in as a true freshman. I felt like my time in junior hockey was um, was over and, and um, felt like it was time to go into college. I, I, I knew I was ready. I knew uh, – uh, my agent knew I was ready. Uh, so we kind of emphasized that uh, I would like to definitely be the the guy to kind of step in. And it worked out, fortunately, that we had um, all the goalies left the year before me. So we had three freshmen um, coming right in. Yeah, because, I mean, you, you came in, walked in, played 28 games. I mean, it's tough being a freshman to be able to do that. Uh, but one key point that I saw here on Elite Prospects, and I don't know if you know if this is correct or not, all three years you were at UNO, you finished with a 0. .907 save percentage. All three Consistent. years. Consistent. Very. Very. And you dropped your goals again. Uh, oh, first year was 285. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, I mean, rather impressive. 
rather impressive. You got I, to go on uh, that World Junior Rip too, right? Yeah, that was a blast. I was uh, obviously the third string behind uh, Nider and Wolfie. Great. That's a two really, really good goaltenders, obviously. Oh. Um, but yeah, so I missed quite a bit of time my freshman year um, going to going to camp and then heading overseas. Um, looking at that, I mean, it's pretty, pretty impressive roster, like you said, with Wolfie, Nider. Um, but getting to be a part of that experience is pretty impressive. What uh, what was it like in to hang out with those guys, skate with those guys and do the goalie work with them? Oh, it was amazing. Oh, it was, uh, I mean, not like those two, their skating ability is incredible. Um, I, I think Niner's one of, he's going to be the real deal. Uh, yeah. He is the real deal. Uh, as, as he's, he's already starting to prove himself uh, in the NHL, he, and obviously Wolfie was the best goalie in, in the AHL last year. So yeah, uh, those guys aren't, aren't doing too bad for themselves, but yeah, it was, it was a great time. It was uh, more of a kind of a learning moment for me um, as far as uh, seeing world juniors, obviously everyone watches it um, growing up and like, Oh my gosh, it's so cool. Uh, and I was there. And I think that's something that um, I don't take for granted. I think it was such an amazing experience and, and being able to, to be with all those guys. And I, I was really good buddies with a lot of the, a lot of my teammates there uh, beforehand. So it was uh, a nice little reunion as well, being able to see all them on um, catch up. That's awesome, man. Uh, I did have a fact here. Are you the best dancer from the UNO hockey team? Yeah. Okay. There's no, there's no other ranking there. Cause I hear there's some other guys, maybe chase, Primo. Oh, here comes Preems from the Chiefs. <laughs> I hope he sees this. Um, no, yeah, I I can't like Preems is like decent. I guess. like him and I were like the only ones who like danced. I feel like well, besides like when they would play sewer like before, or I guess not sewer. It was like at the end of our off ice warm up, one person dances and then we all come in and huddle. But um. No, yeah, I definitely pride myself in that I was the best dancer on the hockey team for sure. What's one of the go-to moves there? Shopping cart? Oh, gosh. There was, I mean, there were so many. I don't even know the names of a lot of them. Um, Preems was a big gritty guy. He did the gritty 24-7. Yeah, he, he screams he, gritty. There's a couple in the locker room where he, he's hitting it after a win. Uh, my thing was I would, I would come into the locker room uh, after pretty much every win and I'd like come in not last but I'd come in and then dance and everyone would go nuts so just another savvy moment An- another great UNO moment <laughs> oh something we got to talk about that I think is like it's mind-blowingly um fascinating the win the wait no 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 it's not the win it's the first goal fish oh yeah sick legendary give us a little give us a little insight on that uh like inside as far as what, like how how what what is, what is happening oh uh, so UNO one of the greatest colleges of all time uh the hockey program is a is a big deal I love the hockey program so we after every when we're at home after our first goal um place erupts of course 
They go nuts. Wild. There's a fish guy. He throws a fish onto the ice. And then a guy comes out on a little Zamboni, like, go-kart thing, whips around, picks up the fish in a net, and, like, drives it back through the Zamboni doors. Funny story. I think it was this past year, there was a malfunction with the Zamboni. The steering broke. And he buzzed up because they haul. Yeah, they, this they, it, it moves quick. Little things buzzing. And it's obviously ice. You can't just stop. The steering broke. He goes... He goes past the fish, bang, right into the wall. Oh, no. Was, I was crying laughing. How do you recover from that? I don't know, but it was – I don't remember who we were playing or if we won or lost, but that that was one another highlight from my time in Omaha. Um, Kyle, do you, have you ever seen this before? Yeah, I've, I've seen it because I think I saw – isn't there a video of the guy, like, rips a wheelie on it? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. and Chicklets posted it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, we popped it up. Oh, this is old. Yeah, this is an older video. But he, he pulls the full thing off. Oh, yeah. Ripping yeah. wheelies, just gassing it. Bomber yeah. bomber hat. Oh, yeah, this isn't even at Baxter. This is old, old. <laughs> yeah, so sad. <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable unbelievable um so yeah i mean that it's one of those things in college hockey too like you don't get that like anywhere else you know what i mean not at all so um isaiah this might have to get cut you can tell me if we need to cut it but i do want to ask because i think listener wise um this might have to get cut but i want to ask you because you know i'm a pretty candid guy and you know i, I feel like i can be real with you we, we got to hang out at the combine a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, we got to hang out a little bit more than probably you would have liked at the combine. Yeah. No, for um, sure. When you're there, I want to ask you about the experience, but like, I know you said you didn't have a lot of interviews. Um, and with that, like in going into the draft and stuff, where was your mind at with how things were going to shake down? Did you think like, oh, someone's going to give me a call? Or did you kind of think like, oh, you know, like I didn't talk to too many teams. Maybe I'm just going to go back and, you know, go into free agency after I'm done with school. Um, that's a good question. I do remember being very nervous. Um, it didn't help that I, we had like a, like a, like a family gathering slash all my closest friends. Um, obviously didn't have an amazing amount of interviews at the combine. I still had interviews obviously, or else I wouldn't have yeah. been there, but um, mm-hmm. all the interviews went really, really well. So I think that gave me a little bit uh, more confidence. And um, I always think to myself, like I'm, I'm places for a reason. Yeah. Uh, I think there's always a plan for something. And um, whether I did or didn't get drafted, I think that's obviously a hard pill to swallow, but um, as we talked about before, as far as not making like NTDP, um, I have a very good positive outlook on life and, and as far as what, uh, what life is about and not solely just on, on winning, but also um, when you lose. So I uh, had a, like a little draft party and stuff with all my friends. I was very positive going into, going into the draft. Uh, it was, I honestly, I didn't have a ton of doubt until it got past like the fourth round. 
And <laughs> then, cause I, one of the things was like, well, obviously when you're in the situation, you're, you're comparing yourself, which is never something you should do. Yeah. It's like, tough. Comparing it's yourself tough. to like other people where they went, uh, what they did in previous years versus what you do and like stuff like that. And you start comparing yourself and you're like, I was like, okay, my prediction is like fourth round. I think that's going to be the, the spot where I go. And so we're sitting there. I mean, we're in my uncle's house with all my closest friends, uh, like my girlfriend at the time, my whole family, everyone. I'm sitting in the chair, just like leaking, leaking, <laughs> leaking. And like, I remember like my buddy's coming over and like sitting by me. And I was like, get just get away from me, please. Like, just <laughs> I need to like be with my own thoughts right now. Uh, and like it hit the fourth round and I'm like, damn, like this is, this is going to be tough if it doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, and then hit the fifth round and I started seeing like, uh, some other people like get picked and stuff. And I'm like, again, still comparing again, not the best thing to do ever. <laughs> um, and I was like, okay, it's, it's happening. I had a little bit of a gut feeling. I was like, okay, then I got a call from my, uh, agent well at that time family advisor um and so i took the call stepped outside he's like hey um golden knights i was like what what, yeah like what what is that really how he dropped it to you just like golden knights like he was like hey like congrats gold like golden knights and i was like like what like now like what like because we were delayed like like four maybe five minutes yeah, which is huge in terms of what huge. you're waiting for. You're leaking, you're like, wet, seats wet, everyone's staring at you. Like, I mean, swass, everything. It was so bad. And I'm like, no way. Like, are you serious? Yeah. Like, just blew up. And my whole family, as I'm on the phone with my agent, I hear my whole family, everyone go, ah! Like, <laughs> going nuts. And I And you're just like, outside. <laughs> Yeah, like even thinking, like right now I have goosebumps, like thinking about it because it was such a surreal moment. And uh, then uh, like got a call from Vegas and stuff like that and talked to them and I walked back inside and everyone's going nuts and took pictures and stuff like that. So there was, I was very confident going in and then it hit a certain spot where I was like, okay, now I'm nervous. Um, and then, but everything- yeah, you're pro out. now. <laughs> yeah, everything, everything works out. Everything happens for a reason. So uh, that was, that's, one of the top moments of my life. I think um, it would have been a top moment still if I went to the draft, but the fact that I was able to spend it with uh, the closest people in my life made it 10 times better. That's awesome, man. I, uh, I thought what was really cool too, uh, which was actually pretty sick was the, uh, the signing of the camera from oh. the online. <laughs> gross <laughs> that's clout right there that oh, was, big time. like that was all over clout that thing big was time. sick big time and then i mean you got the blue check mark yeah i didn't get it to like two years after i got drafted though oh i know i thought you got it after the combine no well i was supposed to and then it never came i got it on twitter um and then but never got it on instagram until i think it was like a year and a half after I wish I'm looking on YouTube trying to find your little signature bit, but uh, I'm not coming up. I'm coming up short. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, like you led right into the draft. I was going to ask what that was like. I mean, that's, that's pretty sick uh, getting a, you know, fight through it. But 
when you're waiting through round four and you're watching everybody like man i i played against him i beat him in the gnaw i beat him in the u show exactly what are you talking about here who's this guy yeah. <laughs> and it's such a bad thing to think too like comparing yourself and i think i hope a lot of younger goalies listen to this podcast too just to hear me say like it's not about other people it's solely about yourself um and your team like whether you give up seven goals and you win or you give up one goal and you lost you still lost so it's so much more than like comparing yourself to other people always puts you in a bad headspace and that's something I had to learn uh growing up um like going through all these experiences that I've had is don't compare yourself to other people because you're your own self you can't really change that so like you went through this, you know, during the draft and everything and like still comparing yourself. Is it something you're still developing and working on that skill today or what? Oh, a hundred percent. And I don't think it's ever like going to hundred percent leave like anybody, especially myself. Like I think the mental game is something that I've started working on a lot more. Uh, and I wish when I was younger, like started maybe like 14 years old, really focused more on um my mental state through my sports and like um, something that I've learned a lot is being able to disconnect yourself from hockey. Although hockey is the greatest sport and it's um, now my job and like it's turning into my life. Um, It's so important to disconnect yourself for your own mental health. I think that's something that the light has been uh, kind of on a little bit more over the past couple of years of mental health and, and really not being scared to admit when you're not healthy and be able to use the resources that you're given um, to help your mental state. And that's something that I just began working on a couple of years ago, which I wish I did a lot sooner. So I think being able to really dive into your mental state will benefit you, not just in hockey, because hockey is such a small part of our lives mm-hmm. compared to really life. Um, it'll help suit you way better um down the road in life in general i love that holy smokes listen to this guy the visionary (laughs) uh savvy i appreciate it but i I think it is a huge thing too and and you know like resources can be different for everybody whether it's the it's a help number that you know like you can see online which i don't know off the top of my head which is bad or it's a friend or family or maybe it's a teacher it's a mentor it's somebody at school it's somebody at work that you're really close with there's somebody like there's always people that you can reach out to and talk to depending on the situation that you're in and the severity, you kind of got to gauge that on your own, but open up, speak to somebody about it. Somebody that you're close with ideally, um, or someone, you know, that can be in your support system. Oh, exactly. Uh, and then, you know, if not, there's always numbers online and help numbers and stuff like that. Uh, one little bit, I do want to shine a light on before we get into the goofy stuff, uh, rise to win. What can you tell me about that? I know it's an experience that you and I have talked about. I think it's very, very cool. And I think it's one of those things that you've never been, I deal with a lot of people and sometimes their heads get a little bit too big, whether it's at a triple a level or they're in the NHL or AHL, you've always been a very grounded goalie and a person. And that's one thing I appreciated about you, but we talked about rise to win and how that's, it's a culmination of a lot of things that you talk about there. Um, But what's your, what's your experience been with rise to win so far? Yeah. So we did a partnership with the NCHC and rise, um, over this past year and uh, pretty much just kind of hosted. It was a uh, kind of like a leadership group that we did uh, to help um, 
educate guys through the in, in the NCHC. I think there's a couple guys from each team, uh, and I thought it was very beneficial. Where just to educate as far as uh, racism problem, exclusion problems, uh, and stuff like that through through the sports that we're in, and uh, just seeing it in everyday life. And uh, definitely such a big topic as um, I liked to. I, I think it's something that's so hard to talk about, but is so necessary to talk about. And, I, and I'm glad you brought it up because it's something I'm very passionate about being an African-American in a predominantly white sport and, um, and being a minority in society in general. And it's, uh, I love getting like the chance during interviews and stuff like that uh, to be able to shed some light on it. And uh, RISE uh, just helped kind of bring awareness and stuff like that into inclusion in sports. And they do a great job over there of, of shining the light on sports is for everybody and um, how to deal with people who are going through um, tough times with uh, racism or exclusion on your ethnicity, like race, uh, sexual orientation, stuff like that. And so they, uh, I haven't done uh, like a one-on-one -on -one sponsorship with them or anything like that, but it's something that I would love to do um, someday with with them or, or with uh, any kind of um, group that's kind of in that same ballpark. And uh, I got to fortunately work with uh, John uh, Sperano in uh, Omaha doing my mass in, in two years. I did uh, um, a Martin Luther King uh, tribute uh, just to spread awareness of, of uh, my life and be able to show people uh, I'm not just some hockey player like uh, a lot of people in, in Omaha uh, got to see me like uh, they got to see kind of like the more serious side of me of being able to spread my awareness and where I came from my culture um, uh, even growing up in a predominantly white uh, family um, my family's so amazing with the um, kind of the outlook on on racism and uh, the problems in society as far as exclusion and stuff like that so it's definitely a big part of my life and I uh, just always try and spread it a little bit more as far as you can hear a lot of as as far as like kind of what I look at it as uh, little kids or little hockey players little athletes um, can hear a politician talk about it a lot can see it on social media and stuff but um, if it's from how I related when I was younger of seeing someone like me doing the same things I'm doing um, another normal person as far as like not a politician or some huge celebrity and stuff like that, being able to talk about these issues and relate a little bit more uh, to spread awareness. Um, well, one for the kids, but two, it's, it's an impressive thing on your end because like not everybody wants to be, and you've probably seen it in the media. Not everybody wants to necessarily be the represent you know, representative for what they are, whether it's being a minority or a sexuality or whatever it is, not everybody and everyone, the public always think like, oh no, like you need to say something because you are X, Y, or Z. Um, so it is very impressive. And I, I'm super proud that, you know, like you are willing to be able to step up and be that representation because not that I want to harp on this and I don't want to turn this into this, but a lot of people say, like, it doesn't matter your race, like just shut up and play. It doesn't matter what you do in the bedroom, just shut up and play. But for kids that are out there that are African-American, for Asian kids, like Jason uh, Robertson was mm -hmm. huge. We talk about how he's Filipino. My girlfriend's Filipino and it's cool for like other Asian kids that are playing, which I'm seeing a lot more of even in my area. Well, um, 
and you start to see more kids playing hockey, it's important for the game. It's important for those demographics of people to feel like, oh, this is something that we can do. And for kids that are playing the sport to see um, some of the greats that go through it and like, oh no, like I can do this. I belong here. It's not just, you know, like I, I have every reason to be here just like anybody else. So hundred percent. And I think being a voice is hard as well because there's backlash on it. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people who disagree. Um, and I experienced that a little bit firsthand uh, with my movement with my helmet and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I, and I think um, although it's hard, I think it's right. So I, I stick true to my word and I, I try and be the voice for others who may, may not have uh, the platform that I do or, or be able to voice their opinions um, as easily. I try and be the voice for everyone else. Um, and the one thing I will say, cause we, me, Kyle, between two posts, my new intern uh, producer, my cousin, Sydney Stevens, uh, we got our first negative comment on a post. Nice. Yeah. So like, oh. it, like in a, in a weird way, not to downplay anything, but like, I mean, that's kind of a big thing because for one negative post, there's gotta be like 20 people out there. Like, Oh no, I mean, this you're, is doing, you're doing something right. You're doing yeah. something right. Oh, yeah. people are hating. Exactly. Yeah. You got to cause controversy. Um, And like the one thing that I've always thought about is you don't read negative comments, blah, blah, blah. But for everybody that says something that is negative or downplaying what you're doing or your movement, whatever, or what you have to say, there's a hundred other people that agree with you, Mm -hmm. but because they're in agreement, they don't say anything. Mm -hmm. So you always, it's one of those things you got to kind of remind yourself of. For sure. Um, But no, like that's, it's really exciting to hear your stance and the way you want to approach that and like willing to be that voice because it's not easy. I don't think people that aren't, have never been put in that spot. It's not an easy thing when people look at you and be like, oh no, like this is, this is our guy. This is the one that we want to hear from. So that's awesome, man. Um, Isaiah, we talked about social media a little bit. I do want to get into it. You have a very manicured uh, Instagram, but these last three posts, they weren't the same as the others. What? What happened here? You kind of fell apart with your theme. Now I gotta... Oh, is it the white border? Yeah, because I remember. I'm yeah. like, oh, the white border is pretty sick. And you're like, yeah, that's my yeah. thing. Yeah, it was my thing for a while. <laughs> uh, I'm just looking at it because I had, I was like, oh, geez, do I have something bad on there? Um, yeah, I don't know. I had the white border. I, I should probably go clean all that up. But I had it on there and then I kind of move past it i don't know i kind of got too repetitive to me yeah keep people on their toes i mean do you have a social media manager because like clearly that's a pretty well manicured uh manicured uh i can't say it instagram no it's all me oh really just creative i'm just creative i guess i i come up with everything on my own i guess i don't know i have uh, so sharp man like i don't really Dude, like some of the pictures are a little edited and that's one of my best friends from back home. His girlfriend edits some of the pictures. So I don't, Oh look, no way. I don't look like a fool, you know, so maybe <laughs> she, she's my social media. Yeah, so you, manager. you got one. <clears throat> yeah. Pretty much have one, I guess. Um, yeah, you do have a, a, a good amount of little followers there on Instagram, but, uh, I am going to brag. You only got 72 friends on Facebook. So I have like over 1500 on Facebook. Yeah, what do you know about that? There's 130 <laughs> notifications. I don't use Facebook. I downloaded Facebook. So how do I check my friends? Sorry. You, pro- you probably had to have like Facebook for a college class. And that was the last time you used it. Uh, no, I used it from uh, Facebook marketplace. 
Um, that's, so, the only, yeah. that's the only reason why I downloaded Facebook, and I I don't really go on there ever. I don't. I have enough social media that I just kind of leave it. Yeah, seventy-two friends. That's not good. No, I that's embarrassing. Seventy-two. <laughs> a lot of friends, no. Ev's just so popular. Everyone wants to be his friend. Yeah, I deleted a couple people. Oh, sweat. Ev, Ev lives for online beef. <laughs> yeah, Dude, I guess some of your tweets are hilarious. Do you follow me on Twitter? Yeah, I think so. yeah. Oh, my my Twitter's weird, man. But uh, yeah, there's a couple people I want to go after. You know, the Nash should be in one of them. I don't think he's very good. I think I could easily, you know, a little roller one on one, put him in the corner, dust him, embarrass him. Sick. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Chicklets cup. Um. Yeah, we got to move past that. That's my only uh, it's my only claim to fame. So uh, being in Vegas, what's it like, Sav? I mean, well, parties, clubs, uh, getting to work with Freddie Rathwaite, pretty sick. Legend. Um, <laughs> He's a legend. It's hot, real hot. It's it's not Alaska anymore. There's a lot of sun. Real hot, really, really hot. It's. <laughs> you almost got swept away by rain the other day, though. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I was on the strip when it flooded. Were you swimming? <laughs> Were you swimming back? <laughs> I was trying to get back to my apartment. I was like, so I'm in bed. No, yeah, no, I was just inside. So I didn't really experience it, but I got the little alert on my phone. But um, yeah, it's a it's a great time here. I don't really go um, like to the strip or anything. Like I don't. No, once you live there, you don't. I don't. Yeah, like I, I don't know. I've like gone a few times. I've had a, like had good times there, but I, uh, it's a money grabber. So why would I go all the time? You know, I. <laughs> I'll, I'll go like I just had my best friend or one of my best friends in town it was his girlfriend's 21st birthday um and so his parents her parents her uh and like her, a couple of her friends were here so we um got just kind of hung out on the strip a little bit I stayed at my place but uh so I'll like go down for stuff like that or like go to I went to a magic show like a month ago um which was super cool but I'll really? do like little stuff like, oh my gosh, dude, I love magic. I think it's the craziest thing ever because like, is it real? I don't know, but like, it looks so real. <laughs> so Kyle wasn't messing around. You were a magic kid at one point. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> I never learned any tricks, but I love magic shows. Um, I like to do like that kind of stuff. I like to do stuff um, like spend money on experiences, not give money away, if that kind of makes sense. Like yeah. I think the whole, like, <clears throat> The whole like gambling thing, like playing blackjack and stuff is fun when like you have people in town, but I'm not, it's a, what is it, Tuesday? I'm not on a Tuesday going over to the casino and gambling for five hours, you know? So that's good. I mean, it's a very, uh, it'll help you last and make us a little yeah. longer. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of people who live here have that same kind of mentality where it's not, it's not that fun when you've been here the whole time or not the whole yes. time, I've been here for a few months, but when you've been here a significant amount of time. Um, oh, there it is. Okay. So there is one really cool thing that you got to check out that I did one time in, uh, Vegas with Ria. It's called Omega Mart and it's at Omega Mart. I'm just writing it down. Omega Mart where downtown. Uh, I don't know where it was. I don't remember how we got there, but it's at area 15. Like that's the, Oh yeah. It's area 15. Omega Mart was sick. It was a lot of fun. Very interesting experience. Got a little lost. Uh, saw some weird stuff. It was it was sick though. Oh yeah, this looks fun. 
Oh yeah, it's a blast. Oh Megamart, how far is? It? Can't be. Anyways, yep. Sorry. You gonna go tonight now? <laughs> I might. I might. I don't. Oh, route may be affected by flash flood warning. Good. Yeah. Did you not see the clips? There was a TikTok where, like, at a sports book, water came through one of the oh, yeah, plasma yeah. TVs. It was nuts. Yeah, it's been raining a lot here. It hasn't actually been that. I mean, it's still been like ninety something, but it's uh, it's been cloudy. It's been raining a couple times, which Vegas needs it. But yeah. like, it's uh, the desert, obviously. But it's definitely strange because, like, for like three weeks straight, it was like one hundred and fifteen. Yeah, it's nice. It's good. It's warm. It's not gonna get cold. It's not gonna get cold. Um, <laughs> Isaiah. And now for the weird stuff. How or no? You do drive. So what do you do at a four-way stop? What do you? What do you like a, at a stop sign? What do you do at a four-way stop? Yeah, like we're how, do you, how do you handle a four-way stop? I. I mean, I go. I stop. Put, put yourself in the car. Okay. Like, there you go. <laughs> Leaned all the way back. Um, I go. I stop. I look to my right. I, I first analyze when the other cars have pulled up to the stop signs. All right. So if I'm the first one, I'm stopping and I'm going. Okay. If I'm not, I read, okay, did this person get there? Who went first? So then they go. Then the next person goes. And then they go. And then I go. You're right, but like it's all it's too close. Like you guys, it's like no one knows who's there first. Oh, so you're all getting there at the same time? Yeah. Uh, I'll usually just wait until everyone else goes. Team, team guy, safe, safe. Call. I mean, I think I'm. What is it going to save me? Ten seconds not going, like trying to step on it and go right through, risk getting hit. No. I you stop. ever are you the guy that starts start, hey, buddy no you put a big smile come on come on no 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 you <laughs> i mean no, if, you. if we're come staring on, at each on. other i'm like <laughs> so so if if there were four of you at a four-way stop at the same time just no one's going anywhere it's just like you just keep waving each other then i'll i mean i'll i'll wait all day i got great patience <laughs> I'm not going to go first because right when someone goes, another person's trying to go. And then everyone like, I and think then they, everyone stopped. Yeah. Like, and now you're all in the intersection. Like, what are we going to do here? Almost T-boning someone. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting. Patience. Patience is key. Patience is a virtue. Uh, Isaiah, would, would you say you're a science guy? No. Yeah. You don't scream it. Um, where do you think you naturally find a hamster in the wild? Na- what? <laughs> naturally find a hamster? Yeah, like, you know, monkeys are in jungles, lizards are in the desert, fish are in the ocean, sharks are in the ocean. Well, so hamster could be considered like almost like a, a rat, right? A rodent, the, yeah. A rodent. Is that what it is? Yeah, a rodent. Either one. So can rodents live anywhere? Um, I would say in like a like a normal climate, like a let's say they live in Colorado. <laughs> they are in the wild of Colorado. We'll go with that. What kind of question is that? What's the right answer? Is there a right answer? Or like a prairie, right? Like a prairie, like grass. Yeah, prairie dogs, which are 
also I think rodents. I guess, yeah. Gosh, what what's the right answer? Is there a right answer? <laughs> they they also live in the wild and more diverse countries such as Greece, Romania, Belgium, and northern China. Mm. Great. Like I would have known it that. It didn't list Colorado. I guess not. <laughs> Denver? Yeah. yeah. Not, on there. not on there. Um Mr. Seville, uh, are you a morning or are you a night shower guy? Um, see, that's that's a tough question because it depends on the day. Like, say no hockey, no hockey. No you're, hockey. Just, you're, you're just doing an off day. Like this is like a Sunday. I wake up. I'm like football, chill, eat, hang out. Morning, morning. So you go to bed dirty. Sure. You take you take all the day's filth, sweat, and grime, and you get in your bed with it, and you sleep with it for eight to twelve hours. Yeah, I think that's yeah. I mean, I don't really shower. I don't really at all ever. Huh? No, I never shower. <laughs> um, yeah, no, probably the morning because it gets me up. Sometimes I'll shower again, like if I go golfing or something. So say, ideally, I wake up on a Sunday or like a day off or something. I wake up, I shower, I go golf, eat, and then I'll shower again because I was all sweaty and gross. Okay. Depends what I do. Like if I'm sitting on my couch all day, okay. I'll just I won't shower at night. But like if I'm out doing stuff, and like you could go to the grocery store here and be leaking sweat, drop five pounds of sweat, then I'll shower. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. So you're not filthy. No. Um. So you were a gamer kid. I got a couple of good gamer questions here for you. Am a gamer kid. Yeah, you, you am still are am. currently currently is. Um, growing up, did you guys have a PC at home, a Windows? Uh, yeah. Okay, so favorite game: like, Solitaire, Minesweeper, or Pinball on the computer? Pinball. I you do remember, remember playing pinball <laughs> <laughs> before computer games were ever like a thing. You just turned on a computer, Windows, boom, pinball, yeah. and you just sat there. Yeah, I remember that, playing pinball. That's all you had. Um, now this is going to be tough. If you can name, well, if you recognize any of these characters, I'll give you a couple dollars next time I see you. Uh, <laughs> Freddie Fish, Pajama Sam, Putt Putt, and Spy Fox. No clue. No. Mm-mm. Jesus, I'm so old. Kyle, you know what Pajama Sam is, right? No. Actually, he'd be kind of sick on a mask. Um, Pajama Sam was one of the most uh, one of the most incredible computer adventure games you could ever play. Uh, it was what uh, I think you would call an RPG, kind of like Red Dead Redemption. You know, solving mysteries, solving crime. Um, very, very impressive game layout, and you only played it on your PC. Yeah, no clue. Yeah, this is Pajama Sam. You ride in that little the toy car, and then you collect the gold, and you just click on stuff. Oh, yeah, no clue. That doesn't look like a game I would have played. Okay, sick, sick, sick. This is going well. This is going well. <laughs> Everett, you're crushing. Absolutely. Hold together. Hold together. You're killing it. You're killing it. Don't worry about what they're saying. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, humongous games. Oh, no, backyard baseball. Yeah, I played. Uh, they played. Ba- they made backyard baseball. Um, I I remember playing like a baseball game like that on like PlayStation Two though. Okay, yeah, you were yeah, you were just a young buck. I think I was like in high school and I got a PlayStation Two. So, uh, tough break. Um, 
Sav, if uh, you, you like to snowboard, as I learned today, which is pretty sick. Love to shred gnar. 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 Fresh pow. Sick. Um, <laughs> you, you have TikTok, right? I do have TikTok. I've never posted on it. No, that's fine, though. Um, but you know when the winter comes and snowboarding TikToks start popping yeah. up? You know how people start commenting, you should wear a helmet? Yeah. What are your thoughts on those commenters? On the commenters or on the... No, the commenters and, and what they're saying. Um, I mean, I think I think if they need... They're entitled to their own opinion. I don't think that the person snowboarding with um, hundreds of thousands of views will, let's say, see their comment and react to it or like take it and be like oh this person said so schmo six seven nine yeah i should wear a helmet i'm going to i think that if they wanted to wear a helmet they would wear a helmet are you a helmet when you snowboard kind of guy uh i was yes i haven't snowboarded in probably since you were 12 uh probably a little older than like 14 like okay. once I moved out of Alaska, because I would that only come it. back for like Christmas and summer, that was pretty much it. So like, but yeah, I I wore a helmet. I wasn't good enough to not wear a helmet. Oh, never wore a helmet. Uh, oh, whatever. It's whatever. Used to send it, hit rails, whatever. No, 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 nah. Most days I can't tell you what day it is, or I can't recall a memory from like you know five minutes ago <laughs> in a conversation we had. But yeah, never wore a helmet, so that was sweet. <laughs> um isaiah do you think phones are always listening yes i okay yes was a little too no you you you're a yes guy because that was i i think it's i i just think it's a little fishy that i can be having a conversation and then i'll go on instagram or tiktok or social media or something and there's directly an ad about what i'm talking about yeah or um like if i'm playing xbox and all of a sudden I go on my TikTok and it's a bunch of videos of the game I was just playing. What? Like, I think that's weird, right? No, that's weird. I've never had it that tight. I play, I play a lot of MLB right now and my TikTok has been filled with MLB, but I also talk about it too. So that could be it. But like, I do think there's something fishy about it, which what am I going to do about it? But I, I definitely think there's something up with they 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 target you. They know what you want. Oh, one hundred percent. They're just selling you something at all times of the day. Yeah. What do you think the success rate of squirrels finding the nuts that they've buried in the ground is? Give me a percentage. Thirty-one point seven. So you think squirrels are stupid? I don't think squirrels are stupid. I think. I think you're saying squirrels are stupid. 31.7% is pretty low. low. That's under 50. I think, it's, I think it's low because think about how many nuts. Okay, wait. Yeah. No, I'm going to stick with my number. I don't care. Um, I think they, well, how many times do I like misplace my phone or my AirPods or stuff like that? You know, I think when they bury one, and they go do whatever they got. If they got a job, if they're going to do other stuff, you know, they're not thinking about that nut. But they're thinking about, okay, I got to do this task. And they're like, damn, where did I leave that thing? 
oh, wait, there's another one just sitting right there. I'm just going to take that one. And bury it. Or just have it right there. It's, it's their food, though. It's not like, like AirPods. You lose them. You can still listen to music. You can still live. Like, if, if they don't find that nut. That's what they survive off of. Yeah. <laughs> they go into hibernation. I'm going to ask you another question after this hibernation. But well, they wait, go into hibernation. I- they come through. They need... They need to find everything they buried. That's food. That's sustenance. So you're telling me I'm wrong when there's no right answer. Do you have the percentage, Ev? No, I don't have the percentage. I just have squirrels in my backyard, and they're always digging in the garden and hiding nuts, (laughs) and they never go back and get them. (laughs) So I think it's lower than 30. Oh, okay. Lower. There you go. I think it's lower than 30. I'm just steering. I'm just trying to steer Sevilla to see what we can get him to say. I think squirrels never find those nuts. I think they're dumb. I'm going to throw out a hot take. I'm. I'm saying 80% recovery rate. Way too high. What? Way too high. You think Did squirrels you know? are sm- – you don't even have squirrels in Florida. Well, uh, there's a few, but, like – There's no way they can survive in those summers. They, they melt. The thing is, like, you're telling me they go through all that effort to bury it and they just never come back to it? But I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll throw out a Google, but there's no chance. Do <laughs> squirrels ever find the nuts? They hide. It was previously assumed that squirrels did not remember where they stored food, but rather uncovered it through scent. Squirrels do use smell partly to uncover buried catches, and they often find and steal at least a nut or two from other squirrels' catches, which they can detect by odor. Tell me who these people are that put this up. How do they know? Um... It's animals.mom.com, so take it for what it is. <laughs> There's a live science article. Wait, 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 they gave us a percentage. Depending on the squirrel species and the type of nut, squirrels are generally able to retrieve up to 95% of their oh berry food. God. Kyle! Wow. And Kyle, Kyle has one semester of college under his belt. <laughs> there yeah. you go. I, I know a thing or two about squirrels, I guess. <laughs> um, you have more, Ev? I, I have a couple, just okay. a few. Isaiah, oh. I do want to ask you, uh, in hibernation, when animals go into hibernation, do you think they sleep all throughout the winter? No. No, so you do know that they, they actually do get up. Yeah, they get up, but they don't, like... Do anything. No, they just get up. and They're not going to sleep for months. Oh, okay. So I get up, stretch, like right? wander around. Yeah. Take a leak. Uh, uh, up until I was like maybe a couple of years ago, I, I always had thought animals that hibernate just like bears We're just knock out for months. Bears went to sleep. They went in a that's, cave. They closed the door me right now. Yeah. So, oh, well, yeah. there you go. You learn something new every day. Yeah. Hey, we're, 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 uh, we're a learning pod. Cause um, squirrels don't hibernate. So that's why I didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, if an ambulance, was rushing to save someone, but on the way it absolutely plowed through someone in an intersection. Um, who do you think they help? Do you think it would have more of an obligation to help the one person over another, the one that they just hit, the one that they're going to save? What do you do? What do they do? Oh, that's actually a really tough question. Um, I think, well, it's a wreck. I think they have to stay there. And I think they have to call in another unit to the place that they were supposed to go to. Yeah. Because I think sense. you can't, because then it's a hit and run. <laughs> like you can't, no. Yeah. They, I think they, I think they should stop, figure out the situation and then 
call in another unit. You know who that would never happen to, though? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Patience. At least it, would, it could happen, but it would not be my fault. Yeah. Because I would be nice and stopped waiting for everyone else to go. Um, next. Something. Well, I already asked you about that. Well, we kind of learned about that. I didn't know you snowboarded. I didn't know you played baseball and you pref- liked baseball. And I didn't know you were such a gamer nerd. But I guess I will ask, what other weird obsession do you have that no one really knows about uh, outside of your Instagram followers? Like anime, TV, music, shows, underground stuff, conspiracy theories, bugs, squirrel hunting, what uh, paintball. Do you have any other weird hobbies? Um, I actually got this question. Me and Rodin did a, like, a, an, like a duo interview thing with uh, a guy in Omaha this past year. And that was, that question came up. Uh, Cause like he asked him and then he answered for me to like, cause uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know what weird things I'm into. Would you say magic? Uh, yeah, you could say magic. Like I, I am very into magic now especially after going to that show. Other than that, I I don't know if I'm really that weird. So with that being said, magic, are you into like cards, juggling, that kind of thing? Are you into like chopping people in half and making them disappear? Or like, uh, what's his name? Chris Angel, like mind freak. You get in a box. I want to see Chris Angel really, really bad. But right now I'm more interested in, actually I have, give me 10 seconds. Show us a card trick, please. <laughs> Show us the, the balls that are like bigger than the other, but then you put them in there and then <laughs> they get small. I have my card that I got from the thing. Were you did you get called up on stage? No, but it was all, with the whole crowd. He did a magic trick and it involved everybody and he did it. And so I kept the card because it was that cool. That's uh, pretty sick. And Ace of Hearts. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Good card. Um uh, I got two more, Kyle. Sorry. Game seven, cup finals, Stanley Cups on the line. You're the manager. You're running the team. Isaiah Seville, you're up in the booth. You got the suit on. We're going to make a decision. Um, you're talking to the coach. You got Lundquist, Luongo, and Miller. Uh, who starts? Who goes to the bench? And who do you send home packing? Who do you cut? Sorry, Lundquist, Luongo, and Ryan Miller. Miller. Henrik Lundqvist, if you need his first name, Roberto Luongo, he played in the National, and then Ryan Miller just recently retired. They all played in the National. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd go Luongo starting. Okay. I was a huge – I had a Luongo fathead in my room when I was younger. Um, Vancouver? Yeah. Yep. Um, Luongo, I think I'd – Lundquist on the bench, Ryan Miller. He, I wouldn't send him home. I'd let him sit up in the box with me. He'd get a ring too. USA hockey guy. Yeah, I know. I, I'm just, I'm a big fan of, like, I'm a big fan of Ryan Miller too. But I am a big fan of Luongo. I was for a very long time. Um, I am a big fan of. Lundquist as well and who the person he is too yeah um 
So I think that, yeah, that would be my decision. You know, regardless who... of nationality. <laughs> you know who grew up a huge Lundquist fan? Yeah. Ottinger. Oh, really? Like, I think almost big time obsessed, like as he was like a kid and growing up and yeah. junior and stuff Heck. at USA. Um, Isaiah, are you, uh, what's your uh, relationship status right now on Facebook? You single? You dating? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm single. I don't know if it's like, it's oh no. <laughs> say something different. No, I was just asking what your, what your oh. status was, but I wanted to throw the Facebook in. Yeah, I mean, looking at my Facebook, I, I'm single. Okay. And I still live in Omaha, Nebraska, apparently. Okay. But in Vegas, you're still single? Yes. Okay. So for all the, uh, every, all your listeners, what are you looking for in a date right now? I'm not looking for a date. Oh, you're just, you're just happy being you. Are you finding your true self right now? Finding my true self. We'll say that. No, yeah. yeah. I just, I kind of chill. I don't, um, I game. <laughs> so that. That's kind of it. I uh you in that what is it, the mock controller? Yeah, scuff. Scuff, scuff. Scuff, sponsor me. Thanks. <laughs> uh yeah, no, I don't look for anything. I think uh I just kind of I'm a very go with the flowy guy. Yeah. And if things click, things click. If they don't, they don't. Man, that's that's a tough pull. That's a tough pull. So anybody listening that's interested in maybe meeting Isaiah in Vegas, you got to be uh, very go with the flow, very well, chill. Well, you don't have to go with the flow. Oh, you got to be like, chill vibes. Yeah, like chill, like not, like, I don't know. Yeah. That's a great segue into one of my questions. Of, so Perfect. I'll, I'll do one here. So this is from an anonymous source. Won't be disclosing that. But um, supposedly freshman year, at uh, the good old Nebraska <laughs> Omaha. I love the cringe already. I think he already knows where this is going. Is this from someone? I know who it's so, from. So, um, Ev, like me yeah. and you love deals, right? Maybe a buy one, get one free type of deal. Yeah. So, absolutely. <laughs> supposedly, uh, Mr. Seville here bought the same Valentine's Day gift. For two different girls. Oh no! Can you, can you confirm or deny this? I will deny it. It's uh, that was allegedly. That was allegedly. Allegedly. Um, allegedly. That is. That was a big. For some reason, that was such a big rumor going around, and such a huge, huge deal. My freshman year. Um. That is. To my memory that is not what happened uh yeah i'll completely deny it i don't i've denied it the whole time i it is well it's it's it sounds like though like you did buy the, the same gift though no no i went on one valentine's day freshman okay. year that was it yeah i'll i'll 100 deny it okay kyle don't talk just stare at him he's gonna spill he's gonna break right here well i'm i'm just confused because he Look said at him He's going to break. He said that's not how I remember it or something. So, like, there's more There's more to the story here. Well, I'm like, saying unless I did it and got knocked out and don't remember anything, okay, okay. Then, then it did happen if that happened, but it did not happen. One Valentine's Day freshman year, and it blew up, and now we're here. So, it's okay. So, what my man's saying is 
allegations are false. Yeah. Yes. All right. Unless well, unless well, a ghost well, had taken over his body and yes. taken him to Walgreens to buy another chocolate heart, there is no chance he would ever do a buy one get one free Valentine's Day nope. gift. No, nope. it was a teddy bear chocolate flowers. Boom. I remember it. All right. Well, we'll no buy one get one free. Oh, I love that. I completely forgot about that. And I have a feeling I know who it was. Uh. <laughs> Did you have more, Ev? That, that's it. I'm, okay. I got, I'm all I wrapped got up. This more. is the Kyle show. Uh, from a different source, uh, I was told to ask you about P- Ponzu perks. Oh, Ponzu. Um, yeah, Ponzu. Uh, shout out to them. It is a restaurant in Exarban Village, right by Baxter Arena. Um, that you were just supposed to ask about Ponzu. Or Ponzu? I don't know. There wasn't really any context. I figured I never. I didn't know what Ponzu was, so I figured there'd be a good story. But yeah, it's like a, it's a sushi restaurant, and okay. I mean, there's not really a good story. It's uh, um, me, Nolan Sullivan, uh, Brock Bremer, and Austin Roden. Every home series, we'd go there Thursday night for our before. Uh, game meal like the day before so uh, got really close with the manager and um, he's a beauty we I mean there's nothing like crazy about that place it's just a great restaurant and if you're in Omaha Nebraska Ponzu in Exarban Village that's the best place to eat wow it looks like it's like it's not just like your hole in the wall sushi place this is like legit legit no yeah it's great it's fantastic I love it so there's there's nothing with the perks there's no like a, a story about I don't know, free free stuff or not like free nice. stuff. Like sometimes we get like a discount because we go in. So we literally we would go every single some weeks we'd go twice. Okay. Oh wow, it's literally right next to the arena. Yeah, like build a relationship there, you get some perks, but nothing like yeah crazy. Yeah. Isaiah, do you have any questions for us? Uh yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm gonna come up with some real quick. So you um, don't. No, I don't, but I but I will now. Um, Kyle, yeah, this is all serious. How 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 was the NHL? Oh, I mean, it's pretty sick. You you probably have seen a little bit of a taste of it. So, um, I mean, I just I don't know, man. It's like, like whatever you've dreamed of as like a kid your whole life. And then I got to do it for a day. So, I, I mean, I just wish you nothing but the best in your development and career to get to that point. Cause I mean, it's, it's literally just like everything you've dreamed of as a kid. So tell, wait, 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 we're leaving out a lot of details. And we had a podcast that Kyle has to make artwork for where I interviewed him about this as a player from the national and uh kyle how many honey what do you what is it the honey crisp waffles oh so one yeah so the biggest the biggest thing i'll say is like fire dude i was i was so pumped when i got to the knoll and they had pbj sandwiches on a table in between periods like i thought that was like the life i'm like no way and it's a dirty folding table and it's got pock marks and sticky glue all over it it's the ones that uh, the Bills fans like do the the yeah. Yeah. on. Yeah, but they had they had like Gatorade on there, orange slices, and PBJs, and I was like, like this is unreal. This Hate is it. it. This is it. it. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
NHL, I mean, dude, pregame meal was a joke. Um, also, whenever I do practices now, like a joke in a good way. Yeah, yeah. like, dude, yeah, you're making uh, it sound like it was bad. <laughs> I can't even like describe it when you you get off the ice and there's steak, shrimp, chicken, pasta, and, and a chef like there to like make it for you. Well, just... just to give Isaiah the insight, obviously Kyle's the e bug for uh for Tampa. But this all happened in the morning. So Kyle was able to like bang out morning skate and do like the whole game day with everybody. Sick. Yeah, but I'm saying I like whenever when I practice with Tampa, I still do the morning skates. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so like I'll just like go for the food too. But <laughs> anyways, and the best part is uh even now when I e bug, like if I'm not playing the game, I still get access to the pregame meal now. Oh, oh yeah. So <laughs> It's good. Um, anyways, yeah, like with St. Louis, though, I mean, the, the amount of snacks in there and they had those the, they're like honey waffles, like energy things. No, uh, dude. Like, yeah. They're I cool. pound those when yeah. me in uh, Omaha, when like I wouldn't play our another goalie was uh, Jacob Zad. Him and I would always bounce back to the training room and grab waffles and uh, pretzels and fruit and stuff and okay. just muck it in there and then go back to the locker room. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, it is funny though that I totally forgot about that Kyle. Uh, but when I was in St. <laughs> when I was in St. Louis for dev camp at the practice rink, right outside the walkout for their locker room, they have like the custom, I don't know what the company's called, but the honey waffle stinger. It's like honey stinger or something. Stinger, yeah. They have like the real rollout rack with them and they got protein bars. They got the waffles. They got every product that that company makes. It's incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good company. Yeah. Um, anything else? Uh, yeah. Ev. <laughs> you just, you're trying to buy yourself some time here. I, I, I am. Well, I just, uh, when when's your uh, next big trip? He's <laughs> that, got a, that's that was a hard a hitter. Big, I know I can't think no, of anything. You should no, have told this, me you could ask questions. He's got a big trip coming up. Me? Yeah. What are you talking about? Thought you okay? Maybe maybe I'm off. I thought you told me about a, a trip coming up. With, no, I mean I got nothing huge. We got rookie tournament. Coming up, I got to do Carolina, so I'll be down in Raleigh for that, and that's in Sept. You're not coming west, huh? I'll try and find a way. Yeah. Try and find a way. You try and find a way. There's going to be a special need. Somebody's going to need a new skate lace or something put in their skate, so, like, you got to be there for that. My pad, my pad might break. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we might need a, to, like, uh, to put a new tow bar on or something. Yes. That's tough. Um, yes. And Raleigh, uh, coming fall. Um, we got to do uh, all the training camps. That'll be big. And then we start the NHL, AHL co-season, and then we're kind of off to the races from there. Unreal. So, you know, like that's pretty much it. I think I'm wrapped up on vacations finally, although somebody wants to go to New York City still. So oh! I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to squeeze that one in. Uh, maybe if the B2P budget gets a little bit bigger, I'll be in New York. But, uh <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to hold my breath on that one. You guys so. are going to have to, you, this podcast is going to get so big. You're going to have to fly out to come see these people and do a little vacation in a face-to-face pod. Well, I, I don't want to spoil anything. I don't want to spoil a single thing. 
Uh, but we are kind of in the works on some stuff you, and you some, can cut this too. some things. Well, no, 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 we're just, we're in the works on some things that might be, you know, some things might be happening and other things could, you know, do this and that. So anything could happen. Maybe nothing happens, but you know, there's some talks, there's some wheels turning and some people are thinking, so we'll see what happens. So maybe you'll um, come a bit for uh part two of this in yeah. like a couple years, you guys will come back. Well, we're going to, I plan on having a huge, you know, studio, like NHL network type style studio tiles oh. on one side, I'm on the other. And then we're going to slap the guest in the middle. We're going to have games kind of like an Eric Andre setup. random stuff's going to happen. People fall from the ceiling, that kind of thing. Oh, so you got, you got a big budget for this, huh? Well, no, Eric Andre's is very bad, but like, oh. it'll be, it'll be similar to that, you know? Oh, unreal. Yeah. Very cheap. We'll run it on the low Sam's club <laughs> yeah. budget. So um isaiah seville as always it's a pleasure talking to you learning about you and getting to catch up thank you so much for taking the time good luck through the rest of the summer good luck at the beginning of the season and uh we can't wait to watch and see how things pan out for you as you move forward and you you just take off and you know easy on those four-way stops all right <laughs> God, hey, thanks guys i appreciate it what a blast thanks buddy